Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the First Year Experience Podcast. My name is Dr. Jose Saldivar. I'm a faculty member here at the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. And this week, I'm joined again by Ms. Cynthia Saldivar, uh, Program Coordinator for the First Year Experience, um, and Ms. Erica Perez. Erica is another faculty member out of the University College. She teaches the Learning Framework course. And prior to that, she was an academic advisor at the university. This week, this week, what I wanted to touch on, what I wanted to talk about was the power of habit and routine. So I go into my classes and I always remind my students about some of the challenges and pitfalls they face while they're in college. And one of the biggest challenges that I see is, I think, what a lot of people call time management. But what I like to call routine, habit. Right? The things that we already do in our daily lives, right? We typically get up and around the same time. We have the same sort of routine, whether it's brushing our teeth and jumping in the shower or vice versa or setting the coffee, right? For students, I remind them that from the time they get into to grade school till the time they graduate high school, the school and their parents have developed this elaborate routine for them. They tell them when they're going to get up. They tell them when they're going to eat breakfast. At the school, they receive cues as to when they have to go to class, what they're going to study, at what particular time. Teachers will give them cues as to when they have to do homework or when they have to turn in assignments. They know when they're going to exercise. They know when they're going to have lunch. They know when the school day is over and what is then to follow. But then they, they get to college and the rug is pulled out from under them. And so now, now I've got all this freedom. Their eyes get really wide and, and I love my students coming in that first day. And they're so excited about all of the freedom that they have. But I remind them, that routine, that routine that we, we take for granted, I think, all too often, that's what's kept us going. That's what's kind of helped us be successful and helped us sort of move on, right? Um, in our first podcast, we talked about the hero's journey. And I think a large part of that journey is, is this idea of developing this routine, learning how to manage yourself. And so I've asked you all to here today because, Cynthia, you, you, know, you, you were a successful college student. You manage a number of these programs for us. You work with first-year students all the time. You see them in and out of your offices, uh, around campus. You deal with staff that deal with first-year experiences, faculty that deal with first-year students. And so I, I think you, you, you're perfect um, and can add to the conversation. And Erica, I, I asked Erica to join us today because I am so impressed with how organized she is. So Erica is a, fa- uh, a colleague of mine faculty member, and it never fails. Weeks before the end of the semester, I always ask Erica, are you done grading? She says, oh yeah, I got done with that a long time ago. And so she's always on top of it. I, on the other hand, am rarely on top of it. And so uh, I'll talk about my own struggles with routine, um, but I I wanted to bring Erica in because I wanted to ask her, and this will get us started, Erica, how did you, how have you developed routine? It, it almost seems seamlessly into your mm-hmm. life. Well, I think it was practically imposed and there was a lot of sacrifice. And it all started when I was in elementary. I mean, I grew up um, here in the valley, pretty much in an area called Las Milpas, which is, I'm sure, an area that a lot of our um, students may recognize or have heard about and people have heard about. And sometimes it's known as the low poverty or even the most um, violent area or dangerous area, which for those of us that have lived there, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Of course, we were very aware that there was drugs there and a lot of 
bad things going on, but it's not something that at least I experienced. But I, it was imposed because, of course, as my parents worked, both of my parents worked, um, they needed to work, um, even if they had to sacrifice time with us. So because of that, me being the oldest child, I had to take care of my brother and sister. Um, so when they worked, I took care of them. I made hot dogs for my brother and sister when I would arrive from school. Um, I would sit in the bus with my, my brother. Uh, we would get off, get on. We would pretend that my mom was there at home when she wasn't. We would literally arrive and um, I had the key. And I would go in, and I I love to see Zoom, which was a, a show back then. I would make hot dogs and fries because that's what I knew how to make. And I would sit down, and I would cook for my brother, what I called cooking, which basically was microwave. Um, <laughs> and then I would do my homework, and then I would just wait for my mom to arrive, um, and then my dad to arrive. So that was the routine that was imposed by me because of the sacrifices that my parents had to make for the time that they couldn't be there for us. Mm -hmm. um, so because of that, because of course you talked about the school system and how they develop a structural, structured environment for you. But once you arrive home, you may have a continuous of that structure or you may not. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I had to create it because I had to gain a certain level of responsibility for my family. Um, so that's why I say it was imposed for me. So in a way I had to mature in the, the ways that I developed, which I didn't know was a routine or a habit. Mm -hmm. It was just part of something that I needed to do to either survive or to have that sense of responsibility and take care of somebody else, yeah. um, or take care of myself because my parents were there. So I really feel that our environment, um, as we grow up really impacts in a positive or a negative way the habits that we choose because I could have easily not cooked for my brother yeah um, been outside the whole day not doing my homework um, maybe because of the area that I lived in maybe I could have been at the neighbor's house maybe I don't know if drugs existed there I don't know maybe that could have been my life mm -hmm. but I really had that sense of responsibility to make good choices. Mm -hmm. And I think that talks about the parenting that my parents gave me. I knew that they were sacrificing time, but that didn't make them bad parents. Yeah. I had to understand in a very young age um, that that's an experience that I was living. So it really started because of my family environment and because the responsibility that I had to gain. Awesome. Thank you. Wow. Cynthia, how about you? How would you characterize or describe? You know, just kind of going off on Erica, I've always struggled with routine. Um, now as a mom, I think that's one of my biggest struggles because, you know, kids need routine and I find myself oftentimes, my poor daughter, it's hard for me to give her that routine. But listening to Erica's story and reflecting back on my childhood, I think a big key in that is I never had a routine. My dad was an alcoholic and he was, you never knew. You never knew if he was gonna have a good day or a bad day. So there was never that sense of routine because it was always dependent on, did my dad drink today? And so it was really hard for me to develop this like, oh, you go home, you eat dinner, you do homework. Um, that was never my life. And, um, 
now as an adult, I, I struggle with it. And um, I need to take some classes from Erica so that my daughter can develop this sense of, of just routine. So I guess for me, even the not having a routine is my routine. Um, I'm very fortunate that I've always found job opportunities and career opportunities where there's always this sense of, I don't have to be in the office from eight to five. I don't thrive in that kind of environment because I've never known that kind of environment. Um, I love that UTRGV is on two campuses because I get to be in Brownsville one day and in Edinburgh the other day. And you know, sometimes I'm on both campuses the same day. And for me, I thrive on that unpredictability. And um, so going to school was really hard for me. Um, I was the kind of student that would cram. I remember I had a final at eight in the morning and I stayed up all night and went to my final without sleeping, without showering. And um, so study habits and stuff like that is hard because it's hard for me to say, I'm gonna study from this time to this time. Um, it's hard for me to keep appointments. Like all of that is a struggle. Um, I need flexibility. Um, so I guess that's, that's my routine. I, I appreciate, one, I appreciate both of you sharing because I, I know both both stories. I mean, you're reaching back and that's personal. Those are very personal experiences that you're sharing with us. So I, I appreciate that. But two, I appreciate the contrast kind of, right? Erica, where there was consistent routine. Um, you said you imposed that upon yourself. Cynthia, on the other hand, there was unpredictability. Um, and yet at the same time, I, I think as we go through and have this conversation, you know, I'll do my best to kind of pull out, tease out some lessons, right? What can we take away? And in spite of sort of the challenges that, that you experienced, Cynthia, you've still found great success. Like, I think you've, um, you do well at, at, in your work, right? And you, and I think you, you hit on a point where you found work that, and that it, that provides an environment that you thrive in. What do we, for our students, right? Our students don't necessarily, they don't have the luxury of picking, of changing the environment per se, right? There's a, a structure, with, uh, oftentimes a very uh, uh, defined structure at an institution like a university. Uh, of course, universities today, I think, are, are trying to accommodate more students by providing online classes and things like that. Um, what, do we, what can we teach our students, though, about routine? What can we teach them? How do we encourage them, one, to develop routine? Or how do we, what do we do for, the, for our students that maybe struggle with routine? Or, like your experience, Cynthia, are coming from an environment that is unpredictable. Because I think a lot of students experience that. Where, whether it is, uh, um, whether it's, it's the unpredictability of, 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 of just job security, of family dynamics. Um, you know, for all of my, my life was fairly predictable, but at the same time, as I got older and, and as I started working here at the university, even then my parents, my parents live next door to me, right? I, I'm very close to my parents. I understand that dynamic, but the, you know, my grandmother who had Alzheimer's was living with my parents and that introduced a new, a new dynamic where we, we were never, there was all of this unpredictability around that. And is grandma going to fall? Is grandma going to have a good day? Is she going to know who we are today? Or are we going to have to struggle with that? Um, is she going to have trouble eating? And so, you know, I, I understand that, that unpredictability. What do we give our students? What do we tell them? What can we teach them and encourage them 
if they're dealing with that kind of environment or maybe if, if they're coming from a very structured environment to help ease that transition. And then for those that aren't coming from that environment, what, do we, what advice do we give them? I think for me, um, it was really hard because you know you have to fit into this cookie cutter mold. If you're a good student, you have to know how to time manage. If you're a good student, you have to know how to study. And when I went off to college, there's all these things that you have to do. And for me, I don't thrive in that. Like I said, I thrive in the unpredictable. I thrive because that's all I've known my whole life. It was really honing in and figuring out for me, this doesn't work for me. And it's okay if that doesn't work for you. It's okay if you don't have a planner. It's okay. And um, to this day, I still have planners and I force myself to write stuff down because I'm so used to that model of this is what it is and this is what you do. And every time I do it, it feels so forced. And I have to remind myself this, this is not me. And it's okay if I don't fit into this textbook yeah. of what a good student is. Because obviously I was a good student. Um, and, and it's hard. I think it's hard for students. Like for me, going so far away and um, being told you're smart, you're a good student, it's hard for me to be like, oh, but I don't fit that mold. Do you feel like students have to compete with that? That there is this sense of um, the, the perfect student and there is this mold that, that whether it's society or the institution has, has developed and we try to hold students to that and we try to fit students to that? Do, I, do you think students have to compete with that? I, I do. I don't know, Erica, if you... Um, well, first of all, I want to say that I hate unpredictability. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me very anxious. And it may come from also my childhood that I had to take control and ownership at such a young age mm -hmm. of tasks that... I was not yet prepared to be responsible for. Um, so for me, I, I like taking control. Not having control gives me anxiety and gives me stress. So when I came into the university, I was already wired. Because we know habits are a repetition of behavior. And I've been repeating because my parents have worked for such a long time through elementary all the way through high school, the same structure. I go to school. They have a structure for me. I loved it. I followed through with it. I go home. I had a structure for my brother and sister that I had already, I helped, I guess, helped them create since I was a child all the way through high school. And then coming to the university, of course, the responsibilities became a little bit more because now I had the opportunity to provide for my family because throughout this course, of course, um, my parents divorced and now I was a partner to my mother. So things shifted for me. Now, it's, now, now I was a provider for my mom as well and for my family. So that added responsibility. The more responsibility I had, the more control of my routine I needed to have. So I would write things down on my planner. And actually about two years ago, I was cleaning out and I still had my planner full of things, full of things. And I carried that planner like my Bible. Every single year that the university gave us a planner, it was full 
to end, to the end. And for me, that was more like a trophy at the end of the year. I was like, this is amazing. I filled it up with all the things, yeah. with my classes, with my work schedule, with um, the things I needed to do. And then for me, that wasn't enough control. Aside from the, the planner, mm -hmm. I had daily to-do lists. I had weekly to-do lists. And I just get... So much gratification when I check things off and I highlight and I have all of that control. So for me, hearing at the university, you need to have a planner, um, you need to have to-do lists, you need to, I, you need to be self-regulated. To me, it was so easy to hear. It's like amazing. I'm that student, and I guess it makes me reflect as I'm teaching to students this because I tell them. Um, just as you have a responsibility to submit work, I also have a responsibility to grade your work within the week. You'll have my feedback. Um, so I try to keep that level of accountability with my students that they see that not only am I asking them for that level of responsibility and that level of response, but I'm also giving them that yeah. level of accountability and response. Um, but I know that there are students like Cynthia that it doesn't come easy. And it, and, and it, may not, it doesn't come easy for many ways, as you said. It, that's not the environment that you had. It didn't, um, maybe that's not necessarily a place that you wanted to respond to. You had other emotional things that you needed to take care of or environment or your family that your mind was at. But as I'm thinking about it, maybe it was my outlet. Maybe that was the place out of everything that was going on in my home that I had control over. Um, That's a great point. So to me, that in, until this day, as we're talking about how that translates into my work, that's an area that, I mean, I crave to have that level of control. I just crave it, and it energizes me. And... And I know we were talking about a fear of failure a little bit before we were talking about the podcast. I think it has to do with keeping me in check um, with that routine and knowing that um, whether there's a bad or a good habit, um, those bad or good habits are progressing towards either a positive or negative impact in our lives. Um, so that's really what has driven me. Um, as I think about what kind of college student I was. I also think it's interesting, Erica, that you're the oldest. I'm the youngest. So for me, I had two older brothers who kind of helped maybe. Maybe they're more like you. Maybe mm -hmm. my older brother, I know that he's always thought of himself as my second dad. And he's always like, you call me if you need anything or if you need advice. But as the youngest one, I didn't have to worry about that structure or that routine. I just kind of went through the motions. So I think that maybe that might play a little into it also. Yes, I agree. Wow. So two very I mean, contrasting like um, perspectives, right, and experiences. But at the same time, um, I think both incredibly valuable, right, and informative and important to our students, right? There are, we, I, and I certainly agree with both of you. I think I recognize those students. I see them in class, right? They're the students that whenever we, I know, for my class in particular, if I assign group work, they're the ones that immediately take control. They identify themselves as the leader of the group and they want to make, and sometimes they will take on added responsibility in the group because, because they want to control the situation. But at the same time, I also recognize those students that life is unpredictable and, and are coming from that, those 
that sort of experience. Um, and I and so I want to acknowledge that our students are coming in with varied experiences, but also that it is possible for students to be successful when they don't fit the mold. So there are those that fit this mold. I think Erica, you're a prime example of that. And for you, right, you said you thrived in that environment, you developed structure for yourself. Moving into college, that transition was easy because you were able to uh, apply your own structure to it. Cynthia, you said unpredictability, right, defined your childhood and growing up. And so you weren't, you never fit that mold, but at the same time, you were a successful student, right? In, in, in our last podcast, you shared with us that you were, a, you, know, a, you know, a top student. And, and so I, I would like to remind our students, because I think oftentimes when we teach our students, we're trying to get them to adopt habits, right? To make, develop these routines. And sometimes we do so as kind of this ultimatum, like you have to get there or you can't be successful. And so I think both of your experiences, one, provide contrast, but also remind us that it is possible to be successful and to thrive. Um, and so I, I appreciate both of, of your perspectives. Um, what I think, what would be some, some final thoughts? If you're going to give students a piece of advice, right, about routine, about habit, we know that, that students struggle with it. And obviously, I think if students can, can develop some crucial habits, I think that's important. What advice would you give them? Erica, I think you know, you, you've got a particular perspective. Cynthia, both of you, what, what advice would you give them? For me, the greatest thing is having peace of mind. So if I know that if I have things done, then I can enjoy my free time freely mm -hmm. and not just freely free of the task but freely in my mind yeah. so I always try to get things done because I want downtime and to me that's the reward and whether it's a good habit or a bad habit there's a reward at the end and the reward can be negative or positive but for me has always been I develop the to-do list I get it done in the day because I want to go home mm -hmm. and either watch TV because that's how I spend my downtime or go to the gym or go with friends without having to think about the tasks that I either have to get done or have already done. Yeah. So to me, the greatest gratification is having peace of mind. And that's um, what leads me to build good habits and keep them because I want to continue to have that peace of mind. Excellent, excellent point. I think for me, it's to, if you are like me and, and thrive on being unpredictable, I mean, everybody needs to be organized, right? I wouldn't have survived college if I didn't have somewhat of organization. I think it's to hone in on your strengths. So like for me, I know I'm very visual. So um, I go to a meeting with my pack of highlighters and every pen, each color is significant, 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 whatever. <laughs> um, each color represents a different project I'm working with. So mm -hmm. if I'm doing gray, I know I'm working on orientation. If I am doing book teal, I know it's jumpstart. So for me, it's honing in on those little things. Um, I remember I was in a meeting and someone in the meeting was like, oh, that to me would just take too much time to have to switch between pens. 
But when you don't really have a routine or you don't really have um, anything to kind of anchor you, you anchor yourself in the little things that work for you. Mm -hmm. So finding, whether it's something visual, finding if it's, hey, I have to record my lecture because I like to hear things back. It's just honing in on your strengths would be my advice. Great. Um, yeah, I, I hope... I hope the, the, the information and the stories shared have been helpful to you. Um, you know, for students, I think understanding and recognizing, right, we're not going to all fit into that model, that model student that I think we're sold on. Um, we have to find what works for us. Some of us thrive in that structure, and, and I, I can, um, I certainly see Erica's point, right, when you can have the luxury of working on other things and not worrying about other pressing matters, right? Because you've taken care of that. And at the same time, I, I also see the value in Cynthia's example of finding the little things, right? The little things that'll help you get through. Um, and just, you know, final thought for me, as a college student, I've never been, I was never structured, even as a professor. I'm one of the those professors that hates grading, hates finalizing my syllabus, often wait till the last minute to upload my syllabus. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was a successful student. I think I've done well as a faculty member and a teacher, but I, I've identified the little things and look at my strengths and I focus on those strengths to kind of carry me through to complete tasks. And so hopefully I, the, the podcast has been helpful to, to you all. I hope you've enjoyed it and look forward to, to having you next, next time. We'll see you all then.